0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Real Steel Podcast, where we talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers, no BS, just The Real Steel. I'm your host, Jeff Schmidt, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Polt. And the Steelers have made a few moves since we last put out an episode about two weeks ago, so thought it would be fun to jump on, record another episode, so here we are. So, Polt, I'm going to cue you in with a little question here. Sure. On a scale of one to five, how pleased are you with the offseason so far?
1: Ooh, that's hard to put into words or hard to like gauge but i think i'm on probably a four me too um i can't give it a five because it's not perfect but i mean it's really hard to be perfect but i think and we'll get into this i think what i like most about it is it seems like they have a plan it seems like every single move that has happened whether it's been adding people or losing people they have planned for and they've planned for a way to support that whether it's finding somebody else or not and and that makes me really excited makes me happy for what's to come the rest of the offseason
0: I like that answer I'm at a four as well it it definitely just seems calculated in what yeah. we're doing good and to the it. point to the point you made I mean you said it's not perfect but at this point in time we don't know what perfect is you know right. we, we could be making some really key signings that you know some of these guys are, are going to play really key roles so I'm pretty happy with it too I think four out of five you can't complain so
1: yeah I guess the perfect comments more we definitely still have some holes we need to fill um but it's April 6th right now. We don't play football until September. So we have time to fill those holes and make this an even better offseason.
0: That's right. And we got three weeks to the draft too. And that's going to be a huge, just crazy that, that comes into play there. So let's talk just a little bit about some of the moves that we've made, you know, since we last talked, um, we've had three free agency signings that we didn't get to cover. Um, first of all was the Raven Clark, an offensive lineman. We signed him to a one-year contract. I believe he's coming from the Colts. Um, I don't know a ton about him. Maybe we can talk about him in, in, in just a minute, but the two other guys we brought in um, Braden Fahoko and nose tackle uh, for also a one-year contract should play a, a good pivotal role on our defensive line. And then one that I'm pretty excited about, and I know you are too, Bolt, is uh, Keanu Neal. He's a, a safety defensive back. We signed him for a two-year uh, contract. I think probably going to fit into a role of, of what Edmonds had played maybe a little bit more of a physical guy, hopefully, than what we saw with Edmonds. I, I kind of see it as an upgrade. What about you on those three guys?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess I'm going to start right off with the, the big signing, Keanu Neal. I'm very happy with it. Uh, he, I'm trying to find the stat, but two years ago he played for Dallas. Last year he played for Tampa, and, and he's a safety, and, and I think he fills in well for Edmonds because – Two years ago in Dallas, I think he played like 90 percent of his defensive snaps in the box, mm-hmm. like as a stand-up linebacker. Um, and that's kind of what we were doing with Edmonds last year, right? We would have Minka and, and DeMonte Casey back in the in the backfield. They're playing like high safeties, and then we had Edmonds in the box, and we have Casey and, and Minka back, and now we got Neil to replace Edmonds. And I agree. I, I think Edmonds is a little bit more polished of a of a player. He's and he's only 27. Um, so he's not that much older than, than Edmonds. And I think he, he has a good track record. So I'm pretty excited about that. The other yeah, two, he, go ahead. You
0: he was a first round draft pick yeah. in 2016. He was selected by the Falcons. I think um, I'm reading here, pick 17. So, um, you know, played a good amount of games with the Falcons up until 2019 or 2020. Then, like you said, a year with the Cowboys, a year with Tampa. And and he got a lot of snaps. He's He's a seasoned guy. Um, a, a lot of tackles. He had a year, a couple of years over 70 tackles. So, um, it, it's a seasoned veteran. I think that we're getting, yeah. who's, you know, not old. He's 27, like we said, and hopefully he'll be a guy that they can come in and really play a role on this defense. I mean, you, you look at what our defense is going to be in terms of what it was last year versus this year, dramatically different in terms yeah. of the personnel. I mean, we are, are returning less than half. I, I'm just saying that off you know, the cup of my hand, but we, we could probably do the the math there. I mean, I easy. We're probably you, returning half, less than half.
1: Yeah. I mean, you lose at least two starters, uh, two defensive back starters. You lose two middle linebackers, and then you lose a couple, uh, like I think you lose a D lineman.
0: Tyson Allwell is probably right. gone.
1: So, I mean, yeah, that's five or six guys right there. There's your, there's your 50%. I mean, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But like you said with Neal in Atlanta in his second season in 2017, he was a pro bowler. He, he played all uh, 16 games and played really well. And then at 18 and 19, his third and fourth year, he got hurt. He had an injury bug, which I think is kind of what led him to maybe not be the premier player he is. But the last three years he's played in 2020, he played 15 games. 2021, he played in 14 games. In 2022, he played in 17. So he, it seems like he's been pretty durable, knock on wood. Uh, here as of late and i'd like to see that i'm very i'm very happy about that signing i think it's a good like i said it seems like they always have a plan because when we talked the last time i think our two big people we wanted to resign were terrell edmonds and steven sims i think we talked about both yeah, of those we said that last time.
0: time. yeah and both well, have left well guess
1: yeah. what both have left and the steven sims one i think is going to be more of an in-house replacement with maybe calvin austin uh but terrell edmonds we went out and got Neil pretty much right after and we're actually paying Neil more money. So it seems like they had a lot of interest in Neil, regardless of, of Terrell Admin's status.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, he, he should be a, a good player for us. And I'm excited to see this defense here with a lot of new names on the backs of the jerseys for us to, to get accustomed to It should be a pretty, Pretty cool group of guys that we can yeah. get uh, uh, you know, used to. Let's talk about Braden Fajoko for a little bit. I, I pulled up a, a little bit about him. He was an undrafted free agent. Yep, um, out of
1: LSU. He was on that LSU National Championship team.
0: Yep, so undrafted free agent, played for the Chargers, um, ultimately got waived, and and we picked him up. So he is a, a big body. Like this guy is 6'3", 300 pounds, uh, pretty big dude who hopefully can get in there and plug some holes from a defensive line standpoint.
1: Yeah, uh, and if you want to see a cool video that will hype you up, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's called the Haka. Yeah, I think yeah, that's what it's called. He's uh, he's very well known for doing that that dance, the the Hawaiian or uh, Simone dance uh, with his father. And I know he does that uh, – I think he was on Hard Knocks a couple years ago with the Chargers, and they made him do that in the locker room. And, and it's pretty cool. So it's cool to look that up. But, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a big run stuffer. Um, I think I have here he's – I don't you might have said this, but he's 6'2", 295. And that's a big boy. And uh we need some depth inside and we need some run stoppers. What's been our biggest issue on defense the last couple of years? I know the past defense hasn't been great, but we've we've struggled until the end of last year to stop the run. And I think that's because we just don't have the big guys inside. So a guy like this to help Cam Hayward and um Larry Oak and Joby will be will be big. Not flashy stats or anything like that, but I think he'll be a pretty solid player uh on the inside there. He played in,
0: he started three games for the Chargers last year, so
1: yeah, I don't know. It's coming but off his best year of his career. Of
0: I gave him 63301. You said 62295. Nonetheless, a big guy, a big body. Um,
1: <laughs> that's my bet. I was looking up his stats and and missed you say that. But he he's coming off a 23 tackle season, which is his most uh, of his career. And so, I don't know. He was a good player at LSU, so I think he could maybe come into the fold with some veteran leadership.
0: Yeah, and adding a depth piece there, I think, is, you know, just underrated and in terms Absolutely. of how the steelers cycle our, our defensive line and our ends and our tackles in like just in and out. We cycle them throughout, you know, many different snaps and in, in a defensive stand. So Well, and uh, if you look great. at like
1: the Super Bowl, like we said this in the past, the Eagles had two or three rotations of defense alignment. Great. So this is this is what we're trying to do. We need to get bigger up front. And I'm 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 a fan of it.
0: For sure. Okay, and and lastly, let's hit here on, on LaRaven Clark. Raven Clark was a, a third-round draft pick by the Colts in 2016. Yep. He spent some time playing for the Colts, for the Eagles, and for the Titans most recently. But to me, what stands out here is, is he is the third offensive lineman that we're bringing in that has a history with the Eagles. Yep. And I think that says something with you know the Andy Whitel history and and you know bringing in players that he's familiar with and building up a strong team that way so an interesting piece of information there he's another you know vet he, he doesn't have any wow uh stats i guess you could say as you as you said yeah um, with Braden Fajoco. but um a, another great depth piece always good to build that offensive line and we just lost we got news today we lost jc hassenhauer he signed with the giants jc hassenhauer was a, a free agent of ours um Played a lot of games with us as a a depth piece. He took snaps at center. I think he took snaps at the interior line position. So uh, a solid depth piece that was familiar with the system that has gone. So um, it's good that we're building this offensive line and thinking about not just the starting five, but the depth as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk about the the Philly thing. How this is three offensive linemen that have a connection to Andy White in Philly. It, it also shows that he has a plan. And if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles team, you you see this big people. That's what he wants. And and this guy's 319. I mean, he is another big guy. Mm-hmm. And same with Samalu and and Herbig. So I, I like it. He's going to probably be the swing tackle. You always need that backup tackle, that swing veteran, swing guy. Um, he he played in thirteen games last year for the Tennessee Titans. So I, I think it's nothing flashy. It's nothing big. He's a backup lineman, but I think he could fill in and, and, and do pretty well. So I, I'm I'm good with that. You the backups matter just as much as the starters as you're trying to allude to. So yeah. I, I think it might not be flashy, but they are
0: very important moves. So these three guys that we just talked about. And then the other guys that we brought in that we talked about in the other episode, Patrick Peterson, Nate Herbig, Holcomb, Roberts, Sayamalu, I'm going to ask you a question. If you had to pick one, who are you most excited about out of that group? Because I have one in mind that I'm most excited about.
1: Yeah, that's a tough one. Um,
0: You want me to go first while you think? Yeah, go ahead. I think for me it's Isaac Sayamalu. Okay. He is a really seasoned, strong offensive lineman yeah to put it most simplistically if that's a word simplistically simply probably should have just said simply that's all right oh well making up words you know this this guy played on one of the best offensive lines uh, you know out of every team in the nfl and i think he's going to bring something to our offensive line yeah that is really just going to turn the notch up a little bit i mean we've talked in so many of our previous episodes about how our offensive line, everyone thought we were going to be one of the worst in the, in the NFL. Yeah. And we were very much middle of the pack. Um, we overperformed and for sure, adding these pieces here, especially someone like him, I think is, is huge. So he's, he's the one I'm most excited about. I mean, I'm stoked about Patrick Peterson and some of the linebackers are bringing in. Yeah. But, um, and Keanu Neal, I guess everyone, everyone's going to play a role, but Seamolu is yeah. for me the one.
1: Yeah, I definitely thought about Seymour. Um, Like you said, it's cool to see a guy on the best offensive line come to a mediocre offensive line, and I want to see how he does there. And, and this is a crazy two-year turn. Two years ago, you could have said we were easily one of the worst, if not the worst, lines in football. And now we, we have depth pieces that are pretty strong pieces. So I agree there, but I'm going to go with the more fanboy-type answer. I've been a big fan of Patrick Peterson for years, and just – Having him as a stealer, they talked about that, what, two, three years ago, um, maybe trading for him at the deadline. I, I know he's a little older now, and he's not might not be his best self, but I still think he's a pretty good player. So I'm excited to see what he does outside for us. It sounds like, supposedly, there's Tomlin's been talking to him about playing safety. I hmm. think that's just like a – I think that's more of a smokescreen or – you know, in our scheme, sometimes the corners have to play safety. And, and but it sounds like they're going to move him around. So that's kind of exciting to hear about. He's not going to be just an outside corner covering one guy. He's going to be moving all around the field, which I think is pretty, pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. And rocking number 20. So that'll be pretty cool too. Yeah.
1: Not number seven. Good choice by him.
0: Yeah. All right. So I, I did really quickly want to mention, and I know I did this or we did this on the last episode too. But the the free agents that were on our team last year that, you know, still have not been picked up or signed by anyone. Yeah. Mason Rudolph, Derek Watt, Jesse Davis, he's a guard, Tyson Alalu. We still expect him or anticipate him to retire, um, yeah. but not sure what's happening there. Marcus Allen, Chris Wormley, uh, Carl Joseph, he's a strong safety, Miles Boykin, Carlin Splatella, a defensive back, uh, and Benny Snell. So that list is getting smaller than what it was. I still think there's going to be movement with some of those guys, maybe leading up to the draft or probably after yeah. the draft, especially yeah. as some of those are some key special teams pieces. Um, and we have to see what happens. I think out of that list, honestly, the, one of the ones I'm most interested in seeing what happens to is Mason Rudolph. Yeah. What happens to a guy like him that he knows the system. He's taken a lot of heat um, from the fans, but I think he he's definitely someone that might be worth having on your roster as a, a third-string quarterback. Do we we you know get him really really cheap? Do we let him walk and no one picks him up? Do we draft another quarterback really late in the draft? Who knows. Um, but yeah. that's someone I'm interested in seeing what happens to.
1: I think your point's key, that a lot of those guys are core special teamers, and so them not being signed kind of makes sense. I mean, they're not the top of the top special teamers in the league, but they, they can add some value there. So a lot of teams will wait until they round out their roster with the draft and, and see what holes they need to plug. And that's a kind of guy like Mason Rudolph, a team like the Steelers or somebody else who's looking for a third quarterback but doesn't get it in the draft, probably will sign him for cheap. So I agree. It'll be interesting to see where some of them go. I think I'd welcome Mason coming back, but I don't think he – for him, I don't think he should come to. back. Yeah, for his own benefit, I think he should yeah. leave. But my my guy to keep an eye on is Benny Snell. Do they bring Benny Snell back? He was a key special teamer for them and and did pretty well running the ball. So they maybe they'll bring him back for the cheap. And he's only 25 years old. no yeah. Snell, yeah, baby.
0: Oh, man, Benny Snell. We'll see what happens, sir. All right, so let's move on to our next topic. We wanted to at least talk about um, yesterday, the Steelers uh, made a coaching hire actually which kind of came out of nowhere if you ask me yeah um, I, I don't think i anticipated or expected anything like that i think we've talked about how the steelers are one of the smallest and, and lowest paid coaching staffs at all the nfl teams so. and
1: tomlin said he likes it that way because he likes the, m- the co- more close-knit staff
0: true um so nonetheless we see a hire come in his name's glenn thomas got hired as an offensive assistant so not a coordinator um, and not a specific uh, positional coach, but an offensive assistant. And let's talk a little bit about what we think this might mean um, in just a moment. Let me run through his experience so you guys yeah. can all get familiar with him. So uh, Glenn Thomas was a you know originally a, a quarterback coach uh, for the Falcons uh, in Atlanta from 2012 to 2014. After that, he took a, a quarterback coach and then an offensive coordinator coach uh, coaching job at Temple. Um, then he moved to Baylor where he was a a co-offensive coordinator and a QB coach then to UNLV and then Arizona State so working as an offensive coordinator and a QB coach in in most of those roles so that's where he previously was last year Arizona State definitely had some success um, in some of those roles in college and now moving on to an offensive assistant in in the Steelers organization so I think there's a few things that to me are notable here. And I'm going to lead in with one that I, that I read, I didn't know about. So in 2016, Glenn Thomas was a, a coordinator and a QB coach at temple. Yep. And in 2016, Kenny Pickett had verbally committed to temple before he decommitted and committed to Pitt. And so to me, this kind of points at this is someone that Kenny knows, has perhaps, and not perhaps, I think he has spoken highly of, yeah. um, gives him someone that he can almost trust outside of Matt Canada, right? Like, is this signing saying that Canada is on a short leash and we're recognizing that? Or is it just bringing out, you know, someone else in outside of Matt Canada and Mike Sullivan, our quarterback coach, to give, you know, Kenny a, a true, you know, chance to make that year two leap? What do you think? Because I I think this could be seen as very positive for us.
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure. From what I've read, this guy's a pretty good. He's pretty good with the passing game, Um, which, again, that was one of our weak spots last year. But that connection with Kenny Pickett, he was the quarterback coach and then turned OC at Temple when they were recruiting him. I I think that's really important because Kenny verbally committed and, and, and he committed to basically work every day with with Glenn Thomas and so I I think that is a really big deal because a I think there's I think there's some comfort the comfort I almost made up a word too I think there's they're comfortable together and and I think that's important for Kenny comfortability
0: I think comfortability is a word
1: okay well I couldn't get it out of my mouth so I didn't say it but I think that's big to keep Kenny you know feeling comfortable and and understanding who he's working with, right? Matt Canada was his was his offensive coordinator at Pitt, and now you have a guy who he, he verbally committed to before going to Pitt. I think that's good. But I also think he brings in an outside perspective as well, working totally. s- six
0: years with the Falcons. That's a
1: different uh, experience. That's some NFL – veteran experience on like Michael had. Vick time, right? 2012, right. 2014.
0: Were those Michael Vick years?
1: I think it was. Yeah. He's, he was there uh, 2008 as an offensive assistant. So 2008 to 2014, that has to be Michael Vick time. I'm going to so, look it up.
0: Keep talking. So,
1: so I think that's good. That gives you an out, outside perspective there. He also wasn't, like you said, offensive coordinator for Arizona state last year, who I think had some pretty good success on a, with a bad team on the offensive side of the ball. So, I mean, this guy's been around the block that Baylor stint from 2017 to 2019 that's really important to note because he followed Matt roll from Temple to Baylor and that's when Baylor was in the ground because they had all those sanctions against them and Matt roll helped build them back up as a football program well Glenn Thomas was a part of that and was a big key of that offense coming back together so i love this signing i think it's great i think like you said with Matt Canada it gives him a shorter leash because there's this outside hire that now is right there to give his own opinions and and maybe step in as the, as the OC in two years or, you know, after this season or maybe mid season. But I also think it allows Matt Canada to have somebody to bounce ideas off of who has other experiences and and might be able to, to give him some, some better ideas to make the passing game.
0: Totally. And I think, like, I, I don't want to downplay what you said as, as him being an external person coming in. Like, we, I feel like, are yeah. notorious for all of these internal hires. And him coming in, I think, is is huge. I want to go back to, to the Falcons quarterbacks in 2012. Um, total swing and a miss on our part. That was not Michael Vick. Michael Vick at that time was actually playing on the Eagles. And then as we okay. know, uh, played on the Jets and then the Steelers. But... <laughs> I I one up that. A yeah, little off. The quarterback the who the quarterback was in Atlanta from 2012 to 2014, you know? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, right. Yeah. And those are really good years with Matt Ryan. So, um Kenny Pickett almost, you know, could be a Matt Ryan type in terms of his his play style and, and maybe that that's helpful uh, for him to develop. So
1: Did you know that there was a uh, – sorry, I got to bring this up. I'm looking up Matt Ryan and did you know there was a basketball player named Matt Ryan? Um it was a little bit shocking to me, but, uh, anyways, 2016 was his MVP year and, uh, Glenn Thomas left two years before that. So he did help in the development of Matt Ryan. And, you know, I love hearing things like that. And, and that's awesome. It has to make you feel good about, about Kenny Pickett's growth and, and what this team's trying to do. They're bringing in outside guys, like you said, and that's, we've been begging for them to do that. And they haven't. So I lo- I'm very happy about it.
0: A hundred percent. All right. So Glenn Thomas, we welcome you to the organization. Yeah. Um, on the condition that you make Kenny uh, a Super Bowl <laughs> winner and, and uh, a league MVP. but only We're going to
1: hold you to that.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, you're dead to us. <laughs> all <right>. No comment. <laughs> all right. Hopefully, no, no. But in all honesty, I think excited about Glenn Thomas. See what happens there. Yeah. Um, very cool. All right. So let's move to kind of our third agenda item here. We just briefly wanted to talk a little bit about – the fact that we are three weeks away from the NFL draft, as we know the Steelers hold pick 17 and 32 um, amongst others. So we have uh, some really good capital here in this draft. So yeah. at this point in time, uh, what's happening is pre-draft visits. So a lot of uh, players following pro days are coming in and visiting with uh, organizations yep. and, and NFL teams. So, we have a list that's been published by Steelers Depot, uh, um, you, know, you know, the 25, I think, is the number we're at right now so far. Yeah, so the one thing
1: happened. to note when you look at this is every NFL team's allowed 30 official visits with draft prospects. Um, if you look at our list, we, we technically have 26, but we only have 25 counting against our 30. Um, and that's because Joey Porter Jr. was one of our visits, but he's considered a local prospect. And so they get that one for free. So that's just something to keep in mind. So 30 total and these are their 30 that they well 25 that they've chosen to see so far.
0: So you know we're obviously looking at the list here but but you know people aren't as they're listening to this. So I'm not going to necessarily we don't have to name names or maybe we can for a few that that jump out but positionally I just think it's it's worth noting here cuz that that probably is indicative of a pattern in which we're going to draft, right? Absolutely. So, Let's, let's talk about some of these positions. We actually brought in one quarterback, three wide receivers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven offensive linemen, um, and then the rest are defense. So one, two, three, four, five uh, defensive linemen or an edge, um, two safeties, and then and eight corners. Eight corners, right. So uh, I, I would not be surprised, honestly, if we take two cornerbacks in this draft. Uh, which I'd be pretty excited about. As long as they're not a swing and a miss like R.D. Burns.
1: Well, uh, the rumor the rumor is that this is a very, very deep cornerback class. Um, it is there is a lot of really good players up top. You know, we everybody knows Joey Porter Jr., but there's guys being rated higher than him. And and so this is a deep class, so it's good that they're doing their homework because like we keep saying, cornerback is a is a need still. So it'd be good to fill it, but you can definitely see, I mean, these visits aren't the end all be all who they're gonna draft. But you could see what they're looking at. They're looking at the big guys inside on the offensive side of the ball, and then they're looking at the corners on the outside on the defensive side. And and those, you have to say, are probably the two biggest needs, that tackle, left tackle position and, and corner. And so I love seeing that. Some of these names you may have heard from watching college, but Keely Ringo, a guy from Georgia, really, really good corner. Joey Porter, like we mentioned. Christian Gonzalez, some people say, is the best cornerback. In the draft, he actually visited today. If he fell to us, that would be an absolute steal. So they're bringing in some very talented. Um, I'm excited to see. I I mean, I think this is kind of showing their hand what they're trying to do. Like last year, they met with every single quarterback out there, and what they do in the first round, they took a quarterback. So I would be not. That's my prediction. I would expect the offensive offensive lineman or a corner.
0: Yeah, Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State is another cornerback that you didn't mention. He's a big name. Yeah, and then some of these guys, uh, you know, on the offensive line, Dewan Jones from Ohio State—that's
1: the big guy with the huge wingspan that got all the the, the attention at the the weigh-ins, I guess, at, at the scouting combine. Yep,
0: yeah. and and John Michael Schmitz—he's from Minnesota. He's a center and probably can you know flex play interior line as well. So he and then Cody Motch. Yeah, um, i
1: you, say his name. Yeah. That guy just looks like a, a beast on the inside. I think he has, like, real long hair, like a mullet, big beard. North Dakota State kid, they say he's just a mauler inside, so he kind of fits the mold of what we've been talking about.
0: Yeah, and a couple notable wide receivers, too. Charlie Jones out of Purdue, um, Jalen Reed from Michigan State, John yeah. Flamingo, Ole Miss. So um, a, a good group of people that we're bringing in here. I, I hope that a couple of these guys have, you know, a Steelers name attached to them come three weeks. Um, would be really cool. And and I want to plan a little teaser here for our, our audience. Polt and I are both very hopeful that next episode in a couple of weeks, we're going to try and get someone on who um, not necessarily do a mock draft, but talk a little bit about the draft and some of these players and, and might know some of these players a little bit better and, and maybe yeah. who they're excited about. So uh, stay tuned for that. Hopefully we'll be able to to snag that guest and uh, have some, some good in-depth conversations about some of these players, but um, we're gonna Absolutely. focus more on on the draft on our next episode as that is uh, slowly approaching and then obviously we'll do you know a post draft recap uh, pretty soon after that and talk about you know who is the who are the newest Steelers. so that's yeah. kind of where we're looking for the future but um, do you want to say anything else about these these visits here
1: no I just it's it's good to see that the the stealers are everywhere i mean ev- almost every single uh, pro or yeah, I guess pro day that these colleges, they're there, whether it's one of their scouts like Ike Taylor. Ike Taylor's one of their scouts, which is cool. Um, they're they're sending people everywhere and they're actually leading a lot of the drills if you look online. So I love to see that they're putting in their work, they're spending their time, and I feel really confident, like I began began the show with it sounds like it seems like they have a plan and they seem to be executing the plan pretty, pretty well so far. So I like seeing that and I'm I'm very hopeful for this draft. I'm actually very excited
0: for this draft. Me too. Big leap for the Steelers and Kenny Pickett's sophomore year. Yeah. Well, what's the uh, What's the over under on games uh, for us to win this year? What do I want to say
1: it's eight and a half right now.
0: Eight, eight and a half. All right.
1: So one up from last year. So or it was seven,
0: I think on the on the dot. Seven last year, yeah, because you hit it and it was a push, right?
1: No, we no, won. we went over.
0: Oh yeah, we
1: we went yeah. over.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well. We can throw a, a nice little sum of money on, on that over eight and a half. I, I'm pretty optimistic on that.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: You heard it here first.
1: <laughs>
0: from the real steel. Exactly. Cool, man. Well, anything else that's worth mentioning? I think we're in good shape for now.
1: Yeah, I think we're good. I think we hit on everything. It's an exciting time for, this, for Steelers
0: fans, and uh, I think it's only going to get better as this month goes on. Totally. All right, guys, we'll stay tuned. Like we said, hopefully uh, an exciting episode pre-draft in a couple of weeks that we'll drop. Um, thanks again for listening. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks everyone. Peace.